Have you ever wondered why we have the church? Uh, you know, there are a lot of things that you and I enjoy. The church is a good place to meet good people. It's a place where we can enjoy sharing experiences with each other. Church is a place where we can make friends that we will keep for life. But you realize that uh, that's not really the main purpose of the church. Over in the book of Matthew chapter 28, we find Jesus, as He gave what we know of as a great commission, these words. He said, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus said what your job is to go and to make disciples. If the Word of God is ever to be spread, it'll have to be spread by those who are the church, those who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Over in the book of Peter, 1 Peter 3.15, out of the New Living Translation, Peter wrote these words, You must worship Christ as the Lord of your life, and if someone asks you about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it to them. And I wonder, are you ready to explain your faith to somebody if they would ask you why it is that you believe and act and do and are part of the church like you are? You know, if you're going to do a lot of things, you need certain tools. Now, if you decided that you needed a little concrete slab in your uh, backyard maybe to place your uh, uh, grill upon, uh, you don't just need to put the concrete down, but... You need some kind of a trowel or something that you can kind of smooth that out with. And if you didn't have that little tool, it would be very difficult to have the kind of uh, backyard and the kind of place that you wanted. If you've got roses that are growing and they sometimes get out of hand, and if you wanted to uh, trim those back, you need a tool whereby you'll be able to trim those rose bushes back so they're going to look nice. And, and it's just really helpful to have tools if you have a job that you want to do. And today I'm going to give you three tools to help you know how to be one that can spread the gospel and how you can share your faith with other people even as the Lord has called upon us to do. So today I want to talk to you about Go and make disciples, and three things that you can use to help you be able to do that. Well, number one, and if you got your uh, program, let me encourage you to take that out today and follow along with these three, because they'll be very helpful to you in knowing how to share your faith and talk with other people. Well, first of all, I want to tell you a very good way to do that is to learn how to travel the Roman road. One of the things that I find that people uh, really discourages them is when you want to teach somebody something in the Bible and you begin jumping all over the Bible. Well, now over here in Matthew, there's this. And then over in the book of John, there's this. And then over in Galatians, and a person who doesn't know very much about the Bible, when they hear you and see you doing that, they just become confused and they don't know what it is that's going on. So what we really need is a very simple way to be able to share our faith with other people. And uh, a good way to do that is just called the Roman Road. 
And what that simply means is that all you need to help a person know about the Lord is what's found in the book of Romans. And what I want to do is I want to give you six passages, and these six passages cover all that you need to know to help a person know how to become a child of God. So if you've got your Bible, just open it up with me to the book of Romans, and we're going to just be on the Romans road. We're going to look how to share the gospel using just one book, and that is the book of Romans. Well, number one, the very first passage I would look there is Romans 1, verse 16. And here Paul wrote these words. He said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I wonder, are you ashamed of the gospel? I wonder, are you uh, comfortable when you talk about the Lord Jesus Christ? He says, I want you to know I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Now, the word gospel literally means good news. So when you talk about the gospel, you're talking about something good. Now, you and I are a lot more likely to talk to somebody about something good than we are about something bad. So when you and I talk about the gospel, we're talking about something that is good. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that leads to salvation. Now think about this. When you talk about the gospel, you're talking about the power that belongs to God. And when somebody hears the gospel, they're seeing something that comes from God. Now, if you really believe that the gospel is the power of God, then you're going to trust it, and you're going to believe in it, and when you talk to somebody, you're going to let it work. Because when they hear the gospel, what they're hearing is the power of God Almighty. Well, number two, the second verse I want to show you is Romans 3, verse 23. And here Paul wrote these words. He said, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Do you hear what he said? I want you to know that all are sinners. I don't care what kind of education you have. I don't care how nice you dress. I don't care what a sparkling personality that you may have. Every single one of us is sinners. That includes the preacher, mainly the preacher, because we are all sinners. And if you want to know our status before God, it is we are sinners. Now you may say, well, you know, I don't feel like a sinner. I don't care what you feel like. You are sinners. We all are in that very same boat, and that is we are people who have violated the law and the Word of God, and we have transgressed against what God has given us. So know who we are. We are all people who are sinners. Well, number three, the third place on the Roman road I want to show you is Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Chapter 6, verse 23. And here's the good news concerning that. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, you know what wages are. Wages are what it is that you deserve. You have uh, done your work and you expect to be paid, and what you're paid is your wages. So, 
what we deserve because of our sin, the Bible says, is death. And you and I can expect that if we just continue on where we are. The wages of sin is death, and that death means eternal separation from God. Being completely separated from God, and that's what we call hell. What we all deserve is hell because we have violated the Word of God, the will of God, and we have committed sin. Well, number four, the fourth passage I want to show you is Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Romans 5, verse 8. And here Paul wrote these words. God demonstrated His love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, what we deserve because of our sin is death. But Jesus Christ said, let me take your place. Let me be your substitute. Let me be the one who is going to die for you. And so Jesus Christ on the cross died not for himself. Our Lord was sinless. But Jesus died for us because we were people who were sinners and we deserved to die. We deserve to receive the wages of our sin, and that is eternal separation from God. Ah, but the good news is, but the gift of God was eternal life in Jesus Christ. You know, uh, I wonder if maybe on this day, which is Valentine's Day, that maybe somebody you love, maybe a husband, maybe a wife, maybe a child, said to you, you know, I want you to be my valentine, and they gave you a gift. Uh, maybe that gift was something big, or maybe it was something small, but whatever it was, it was a gift they gave you because they love you. And because they love you, you accept that gift. Now, I wonder if you and I know how to accept the gift that God has given us, and that is the death of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sin. Well, if you have your Bible, the next verse we want to look at is Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. And this is the way the Bible says that we accept the gift that God offers us, and that is the death of Jesus Christ for our sins. Here's what Paul wrote. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death, now here are the key words, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. You see, when you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you accept His death as being for you, and you believe that He really was God's sacrifice for your sin, then you're willing to be buried with Christ in baptism. And the baptism of Christ is a burial in water. And then even as Jesus was buried in that tomb and came out alive, even so we are raised up to walk in a newness of life. And all of our sins have been forgiven. They're not forgiven by the water, but they are forgiven by the blood of Christ as we have obeyed what God has told us to do. And what a wonderful thing to know that you and I can have a new life. And although we were sinners, 
that Jesus' death was for us, and we were buried just like Christ was buried, and we're raised just like Christ was raised to walk in newness of life. Now, the thing I want you to ask about yourself is, have I done that? Have I accepted the gift that God gave me of being able to make me a brand new person? Now, number six on our list would be Romans 10, verse 9. Romans 10, verse 9. And here were the great words of Paul. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Many people believe that that was the confession that was made before a person was baptized. And that is that they believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that He was buried and resurrected for our salvation. And if you and I believe that, then that great confession is one that makes you alive in God to know that you're forgiven of all your sins and that you now belong to the Lord Jesus Christ as a part of His family. And you see, if you just travel down that Roman road, you'll see how that God can make you a brand new person. And what a joy that is and how excited we ought to be to share with other people and let them know that they can become new in Christ. And although they are sinners like all of us are, you can become washed and clean and made a brand new person by the blood of Jesus Christ when you accept God's gift for you. Now, whatever gift it is that somebody may give to you today, I hope that you accept that gift with a very thankful heart and a loving spirit. And so it is, I hope most of all, that you accept the gift that God has given you to make you a brand new person. And so the first tool I want to tell you about today is learning the Roman road. Ah, number two. The second tool I want to tell you about is the salvation bracelet. Now, this little bracelet was designed to help you be able to tell somebody about Jesus Christ, your Lord. Now, if you were here the first Sunday of the new year, we had a very special speaker with us. We had Scott Shepherd come from Midland and share with us. And one of the things that he shared with us was about using the salvation bracelet and how they use them down in Midland and uh, how we can use them as well. And so I ordered a thousand of these so that all of us can have one and you can have access to an easy way to let people know the story about Jesus. Now, you simply put it on your wrist and wear it. And when somebody sees that, they'll say, Hey, what's that you got on your wrist? And uh, I tried that, and the very first thing, there was a young man uh, in high school, he said, what is that you got on your wrist there? And I said, let me tell you about it. And I just took it off, and I explained to him what this bracelet's all about. And when I got through, I said to him, now I want you to take it. I want you to find somebody that you can share that with. You see, what Jesus said is, I want you to go into all the world and spread the good news to every person, every creature. 
And so you and I can use this little bracelet to kind of spread the good news about Jesus. All right, now, if you've got your bracelet there, let me tell you, I asked you to take it out and look at it, and let me explain to you what this is all about. Well, number one, you see, first of all, the down arrow. That's over on the far left. And uh, that simply says that Jesus Christ came to the earth. Although He was God, although He was divine, He took upon Himself the form of a man, and He came to the earth. Well, secondly, you'll see next to that the cross. Unfortunately, people did not accept Jesus. They did not acknowledge Him as being the Son of God. And so the Bible says that they took Jesus and they nailed Him to the cross. That was a way of killing people that the Romans had devised from some of their neighbors, and it was the most horrible way in the world for a man to die. And Jesus died upon the cross for my sin and for yours. And then number three, you see that there was a tomb. And there was a, a rich man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea who had a tomb that had never been used that he had bought for himself. But when he saw Jesus' death, he said, Bring Jesus and put him in my tomb. And they put Jesus in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, and then they put a huge stone up in front of the door so that no one could get in and no one could get out. Then we find that Jesus was in that tomb for three days. And then you notice the next era. It is an up era, and that is that after three days, that Jesus arose from the dead. And when He came out of that tomb, He was alive, and people saw Him for 40 days. And then the next era is an up era. And that is, after the 40 days, Jesus ascended back into heaven. And His disciples were there with Him, and they saw Him go into heaven. And the angel said to them, why are you guys staring at him going to heaven? He said, this same Jesus whom you have seen go will come back in the same way you have seen him depart. And so we know that the down era is that on one day, Jesus is going to return. He's going to come back. The same Jesus who was crucified and left, that Jesus is going to return. Now, we don't know when it's going to be. But we need to be ready whenever that day is. And then when He comes, the final era is an up era, and that is He's going to take with Him all of us who belong to the family of God. And what a day that's going to be when we're all able to be together and join in on singing and praising God and forever and ever to be with our Lord in heaven. Isn't that a wonderful story? That's a story that's found in the salvation bracelet. And I want you to put it on your wrist, and I want you to wear it. And when somebody asks you, what's that you got on your wrist there? I want you to be able to tell them the simple story about Jesus our Lord. You see, when you do that, then we're doing the very thing Jesus said. I want you to go into all the world and, and spread the gospel to every person so that everybody can know the good news about our wonderful Lord Jesus Christ. And then after you have shared it with somebody, just ask them, Hey, would you like to take this so you can share it with somebody? 
And if they take your bracelet, then when you come back to church, just say, hey, I've, I've given away my bracelet, and we'll give you another one so that you can continue to spread the news about the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are two tools that you can use. One is a tool of the Roman road, and secondly is a tool about the salvation bracelet. Now, the third tool I'll give you, Don, would you come to the front up here? Let me introduce you if you don't know Don Drummond. Don has produced a Bible correspondence course. And uh, it is one that's very simple and easy to use. And it's a way that you can learn the Bible. And also you can help somebody else to learn about the Bible. And uh, it's uh, on your computer. They're very easy to learn. The lessons are only about 20 minutes. And uh, they are very helpful in learning the Bible story and all. Don, would you come? Give you two minutes to tell us about it. There's a sheet in the uh, foyer that you can pick up. You can find out where it is. You can turn and follow. You've got 11 lessons. Right. And... Uh, yeah, you'll see, you'll see all the different features of it. It has a feature for a quiz that they can take at the end of it. And uh, there's a feature that uh, they can submit a question to ask a question. And uh, uh, there's a certificate that's also offered. So pick up the brochure and it gives you the details of, uh, of how it can be used in your own personal ministry. Good. Thank you, Don. All right. <clears throat> Three tools. I encourage you to uh, think of these to use and how good it will be. Before Lunell and I moved to uh, Amarillo, we lived in Fort Worth. And uh, there was a man in the church there that uh, knew that uh, I liked to fish. And I had a nine-year-old son that liked to fish too. And so he said, uh, Dick, he said... Uh, why don't you go down to my ranch? He said, I've got a number of uh, ponds on there. And he said, you know, you can just fish down there as much as you want to. And so why don't you and Rick just go on down there and fish? And I thought, well, you know, that sounded like a pretty good idea to me. And so one Saturday morning, we, we loaded up and we drove down to the ranch and we drove out to uh, where he told me to go. And uh, there was a nice big pond there. And so Rick and I got out, and we walked all around the pond, and we fished, and we fished, and we didn't catch anything. And I said, well, you know, Rick, what we need to do is we need to try one of the other ponds. And there was another one a couple of blocks maybe away, and so I thought, no use driving down there. And so we walked down there and had to go over kind of a little hump, kind of a dam place to get to the lake, and we were fishing away. And he said, uh, Dad, can I go back to the car and get my tackle box? And, you know, I thought, you know, I, I, I don't want him going back up there around that other pond by himself. He, he might fall in or something. And, but, you know, he just kind of said, Dad, let me, I need my tackle box. And I said, okay, Rick. I said, go back and get your tackle box. And I hate to say this, but I wasn't watching very carefully. I was more involved in the fishing. And all of a sudden, I heard out the most blood-curdling scream you ever heard in your life. Boy, and I ran up that little top of that hill, and I could look all the way to the car, and I could not see him. I dropped my fishing pole, and I began to run up the way, looking, calling, Rick, Rick. And I ran up to that pond, and I thought, I'll go around the pond, and if he's waited out there after a frog or something, I'll be able to, to find him. And I went all the way around the pond, and I could not find him at all. He was missing. He was gone. 
I want to tell you, I didn't know what to do. I, I panicked. And as I was walking around trying to figure out what to do, I walked by the car and I happened to glance in. And there he was in the back seat crying. I jerked open that door and I grabbed him out of there and I said, Rick, what happened to you? He said, Dad, he said, I couldn't see you. He said, and I got scared. And I hugged him up real big. And it was not till that very moment that I really understood what the Bible meant when it said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. My only Son. Would I have sacrificed Him so that you could be saved? Would I have sacrificed Him for those who are wicked and vile and turning away from God in every way? I don't think I would. But it wasn't until then that I really knew how much God loved me and how much He wants me to be His child. And God has given us that job of letting other people know how much God loves us and how He wants us to spread that Word wherever we go. Jesus said, I want you to go into all the world and share the good news with everyone so they can know about our Lord. I've given you three tools today that I hope that you'll make up your mind you're going to use so that you can help others know about the beauty and the power of our Lord and how much God really does love us. Would you pray with me? Dear Father in heaven, we are so thankful that you have given us Jesus. We're grateful, dear Father, for how much you love us. And Lord, it's hard for us to grasp how much you care by sending your Son. But dear Lord, may we trust you. May we believe in the power of the gospel to change lives. And may we be people, dear God, who are concerned about those around us. And may we share the gospel so that other people can know you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a song of invitation this morning. And maybe there's going to be a way we can encourage you. Maybe you want to come and say, you know, I'd like to be a part of this church. And if that's your desire, we would just welcome you with open arms. Maybe you'd like to come and confess your faith today. And be buried with Christ in baptism. And raised to walk in a newness of life. Maybe you'd like to come today and ask for the prayers. I'll be at the front and our elders will be at the back. And if there's any way we could help you or encourage you, if you'd like to come, why don't you do it right now as we just stand and sing our song of invitation together. There is beyond the azure blue A God concealed from human sight He tinted skies with heavenly hue And framed the worlds with His great might There is a God He is alive In Him we live and we survive A life was willing there to give That he from sin might set men free And nevermore with him could live There is a God, he is alive In him we live and we survive And we survive from dust our God Free